0: Hey there, Knicks fans. How the hell are you? It is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Um... If I sound particularly giddy uh, while I'm recording this, uh, it's for two reasons. One, most obviously, um, the trade deadline has passed and Frank Nilakina is still a Nick. But more importantly, um, this is a proud day for the Nick's Film School podcast because we, for the first time, only took us, I think, 59 episodes, have a legitimate, celebrity, famous person—any other words I'm missing, John— uh, guest on the all, show. I was
1: like, wow, who else is on this podcast?
0: <laughs> um, John Henson, I can't thank you enough for coming on. How are you, man?
1: Uh, dude, I gotta be honest with you. With that lead up, I I really thought the payoff was gonna be Inez Cantor is no longer a Nick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the ultimate payoff on this day. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 get into that in a bit. I so first of all. I had no idea you were even a Knicks fan until very because I'm I'm late to Twitter. I only got on Twitter like two years ago, and then I came across you. I'm like, oh my god, this is kind of cool. I didn't know that there were any people that that actually stuck this out except for Spike Lee and you know a couple others. But you yeah, are like,
1: you're, it's, you're it's legit. Yeah, I mean, I I I gotta be honest. I have uh, in the last two years, my Twitter feed has uh, uh, to to my own followers detriment been, become almost exclusively political and it's just because of the times we live in but um
0: that's necessary though
1: yeah but uh but but in the in the in the years prior and I think anybody who's followed me for any length of time knows um that uh you know I I I, uh, I bleed blue and orange and uh, and have for 35 plus years and and um you know, that's a, that's a cross to bear in life, man. And uh, I, 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 this season I've been um, largely silent with the exception of uh, a very demonstrable tantrum the day of the KP trade in which uh, people who have come to only associate me with political podcasts were probably thinking, what in the hell is this guy talking about? Um, well, if I, there
0: were ever a moment where a tantrum was deserved, I think that was it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just that, you know, that was like being broadsided. You know, I don't think anybody. So I I mean, I, I was literally uh, I, I was sitting there with my wife and uh, I'm, I, you know, checking Twitter and I went, oh, my God. You know, there's rumors that uh, KP is there's trouble in paradise. And it seemed like 40 minutes later, I went. They've already traded him. Like you know, it was just it, it was you know it all escalated. To borrow a phrase from Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly. <laughs>
0: what was your when you first saw that the trade went down? Like, what
1: was your first like gut instinct reaction? Um, at first it, I think it was complete and total disbelief. Um, and uh, uh like. Followed by, um, you know, it's like the five stages of death, right? Like, you know <laughs> what I, mean? uh, I, I went there. I, I like then I started like walking through just some of the more sordid details of it, like just tracking, like we traded a guy on a rookie deal and then signed him back a season later in Tim Hardaway Jr. to a ridiculous contract that was so bad we had to get rid of the cornerstone to unload it. Like it's, that was like the nixiest thing in the world, you know? Um, Like there was just so many shots fired at our own feet uh, that uh, I, I, I was just sort of, there was some wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, uh, probably like a healthy, uh, suspicion that like, was this a James Dolan, uh, emotional tantrum, you know, was this like a, uh, a Jeremy Lin Fredo type deal, you know what I mean? Where he's offended, uh, uh. The sentiments of uh, of James Dolan's you know interpretation of loyalty and 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 he just took the first deal offer just out of in a fit of pique.
0: It all has to go on the table because when you see this and when you've been a fan for your entire life, like is is there any possibility that you're like, oh no, that's too far fetched? No, because nothing is ever too far fetched um,
1: with this. Dude, theme. if they told me that they lost KP in a dice game, I would believe. <laughs> You know what I mean? So and then you know, and then and, and and you know, you and I did a little bit of DMing about this, but like, um, I think, you know, and it's it, this is the way uh, uh I process things as a fan, but a healthy amount of outrage at um at at at, at KP and his brother Giannis's role in them. You know, like I I just started going, wait a minute, man, like your whole thing on draft night was I dreamed of being a Nick. You've played in less than 50 percent of your games in three seasons. We we didn't imagine all that. Right. Right. And and then like, you know, and there were a lot of uh uh dark fears about kp that i had pushed down that i started to voice like you know i started going "Well, wait wait a minute man like let's be honest here you have been more flashes of brilliance than sustained night in night out workhorse right like kp famously fades after december uh uh you know we, we mentioned the injuries um, you know, there has, I, I, I don't think it's unfair to say he has been more, uh, 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 temptation and potential than, uh, like, you know, uh reliable night in, night out workhorse. And I started thinking, as much as I love the guy, and believe me, you know, I, 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 I have a KP signed basketball in my office.
0: I, I have a KP signed basketball. Picture. I have have a KP. I have a little figurine that my wife got me one point.
1: The the get well picture. I mean, you know, so uh, but, you know, but I started going, if I'm an owner and I'm building around a franchise player, I am going to build around Giannis. uh, I'm going to build around uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going to build around AD. I'm even... Given his in, uh, injury history, you're gonna build around Embiid before I would build around KP. And, um, and, and I, uh, and that's not to take anything away from him, but that's just, if I had to bet the farm, those guys, I would go, well, they're more known quantities to me, uh, in terms of what I can count on. You know, uh, and there's less of hitting the diving board before you know whether or not there's water in the pool with those guys. And uh, and I, I I started going, you know, we turned the franchise upside down for that guy. I mean, you can make the case that Phil was fired uh, in part because oh, I, of- I think he was. The acrimony yeah, yeah. with KP. We brought in a new team. You know, uh, uh, Fizz went to Europe. We, you know, we've been, you know, we've been keeping him abreast of the plan. We've been bringing in personnel that, you know, to the best extent we could, accordingly. Um, and uh, and you've been out for a year. And, you know, we're offering you, even if it's not in the time frame you want, a max contract and you're demanding a trade after having sat out for a year when your value is at its lowest? I, like, that to me is the most New Jack City brand of <laughs> uh, uh, of NBA star kind of behavior in the world. And, you know, whether or not it's true or not, this idea that Giannis wanted uh, control or at least a say in personnel, and it's like, uh, uh I think it was Shwinny Poo on Twitter said, "Bro, you ain't got it like that." You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh and and it's like, you know, so I I you know, and then for me, like the knife in the back was him tweeting the gif of him and uh, or gif, depending on how you What write. is it?
0: I've never figured so out which is the right. Technically
1: it's gif, but like everybody says gif cuz it sounds better. Okay. Um but, uh, but, but, you know, the, 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 video of him and Luke Adonic laughing and like the speculation that like, did they know? Did they know then? You know, and, uh, and, 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 and like doing that before you thank the fan base that Absolutely opened their veins for you and welcomed you into their hearts. More,
0: more than any Nick, and and I I want to put Lynn aside because that was for such a short period of time. More than any Nick since Patrick Ewing, and that's not insignificant.
1: Without question, without question. I mean, bro, that guy was within a season, you know, put on the same. Uh, 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 Rushmore, as guys like Oakley and Starks, yep. and you know guys that would have stood in front of a truck for this team, and just you know that was just like a, a you know I felt like he sort of ghosted us, and I, I just it, it infuriated me. It really infuriated me. It, and uh,
0: no, it, uh, more than anything I could remember, it, not even just as a Nick fan, but in sports, I can't ever remember a scenario where you start out in one place in terms of your immediate reaction to something happen. And then there's like, like – it seems like most fans went through this same kind of course of emotions and like thoughts and reasoning. And it – you know, usually as a Nick fan, if you say, okay, well, I do this to, as, as a matter of self-preservation so I could continue justifying rooting for this team to myself, this felt different. This felt legitimate. This felt like, wait a minute – like I know there was the Nick, like the, the Hardaway thing you just said, typical classic Knicks, right? That's what that's what ultimately was the starting place of this. But when you look at how it went down, and you look at what other options were on the table for them here, it's
1: like, shit, they they did the right thing. Well, yeah, and I, I'm I'm gonna get to that. I, I because I, I I you know it's like turning the Queen Mary around. It took me like 24 hours to start going <laughs> 70 million in cap space, you know, and, and like I started I started doing the math and going, you know, as as I tweeted, what in our history as Nick fans would give us any reason to believe this franchise knows what it's doing, right? But at the same time. When you read the cards, you go, I, yeah, I mean, I, this might be the, like, what choice did they have given? That's what I've been saying. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and so, uh, but, but, you know, I, like, I would even point to a guy like Boogie Cousins, as mercurial and problematic and argumentative as that guy is, he was heartbroken when he got traded. From Sacramento. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he was devastated. You know, uh, uh, God God love him, man. Timmy Hardaway looked like he was at a wake at that Mavs press conference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when he was like, hey, man, I didn't leave New York. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he made it very clear. Like, I didn't want to go. You know, he didn't say it in those words. But, like, that dude looked bummed to not be a Nick. To not be locked in to a 60 loss season, you know what I mean? And, and so, I, you know, I just uh, I, I was I was really um, to me that was a bit of a revelation character-wise, and um, and and you know uh, you know I think really what what sensible fans have um have started to come around to is we do not have the ability to assess this as good or bad for at least you know at least until this summer and possibly not for two or three years. I would agree with that.
0: Completely. Uh, because it's all you know it's gonna depend on obviously what they do with the money and if hey if it doesn't work out like we all wanted to um you know do they <laughs> do they seem old nicks again and sign right. you know God knows who with this money or do they remain patient and keep doing it the right way um so speaking of the summer um what do you i mean listen you're 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 out there you're out there in in california you're you're amongst the illuminati uh what do you <laughs> What do you think happens, man? Uh, Do you think it comes to fruition or no?
1: You know, like, I I was saying to a buddy of mine, uh, like, this ends with us signing Boogie Cousins and Tobias Harris, right? Like, that was what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way we're getting KD. There's no way we're getting Kyrie, there's no way we're getting Zion, and there's no way we're getting all three. Like, just as the sort of Knicks fan, wily Coyote, I'm going to step out of my door and get hit in the head by a falling safe kind <laughs> of, you know, certainty. I was like, this just doesn't work out for us, you know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, who is going to be our Amari this year, you know what I mean? Oof. Um But, um, and that's, you know, God, I mean, I love Amari and, and boy, did he play like a stud for the first 30 games of that, uh, that season. But, um, uh, but you know, I, I I think the agony of this is to realize that in life, let alone in this league, you can make the right decision and lose, and you can make the wrong decision and win. So, uh, uh, you know, whether or not we get the players we want, um, you know, you can't just look at this through hindsight and go, we didn't get them, therefore it was a bad decision, because this could have been, uh, you know, uh, uh, the sort of inverse relationship of Mello, where instead of a guy that wanted to be in New York and they were trying to drive him, Phil was trying to drive him out, it was, you know, KP being miserable and all that kind of drama and, you know, uh, four consecutive uh, 25 win seasons and and the back page drama of him being miserable and wanting out and trying to force a trade, you know, and it would have been awful
0: uh i for one did not have the stomach for for i mean I, to me it's like the conversation about did he request a trade when did he request a trade was this the knicks really positioning more behind the scenes it doesn't matter the guy didn't want to be here which to me and i know you've been in la now for almost 25 years but as a new yorker in your core like does anything bother you more than someone saying yeah you know what new york that's not for me i don't want that
1: it just it it got me you know what man a, a buddy of mine said it perfectly he goes at least Mello wanted to be there yeah you know he wanted to be that guy and i you know i, I would hope that Knicks fans are able to adjust their viewpoint of what that guy went through the burden he shouldered the i, I have 100% the, you know and and showed up and did what he does for all the flaws in his, you know, ISO ball and for all the, the, the sort of, you know, uh, expectations that weren't met, you know, he stood in and took the heat, you know? And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, that, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think this is a town that, uh, that loves its team so deeply that, you know, in a weird way, uh, Nothing. Look, I, I think anybody would agree a career of Patrick Ewing giving his blood, sweat and tears and never being able to get over the hump is a million times better than a guy who is more talented. And I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying a fictional player or the idea of a player who's more talented and doesn't want to be there and doesn't return the love.
0: Well, speaking of guys, uh, well, speaking of Melo, and places where he, he, well, we don't know if he's wanted. Um, the Lakers out by you have an open roster spot after today. Couple, uh, couple moves. Uh, if Melo does land in the purple and gold, will you will you venture your way to the Staples Center to uh, say hello at some point?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I love Melo. I, I I don't necessarily. Uh, harbor any, uh, illusions that, uh, suddenly the, uh, the, the master key lock to Olympic Mellow is gonna be turned and all of a sudden he's gonna become the, uh, the effective spot up shooter that, you know, is the, the highest scoring player in Olympic history and, and all of his, uh, flaws will magically disappear and the best of him will come to the fore. I, I don't know that that would be a happy ending. I can't imagine that a team that devoid of outside shooting wouldn't take a shot on him given the relationship and how badly he and LeBron have wanted to play together. I think it's a foregone conclusion. I've been proven wrong a million times, but I don't know why they wouldn't give it a shot, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I know. I, to me, it's a uh, very low risk uh, proposition. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest mellow guy, but uh, to, you know, to see if he doesn't have something left in the tank, you know, you might as well. Um,
1: so, Speaking of L.A., you've been out there,
0: like I said, for, what, since 1995,
1: is it? Yeah, moved out in January, January 2nd of ninety five.
0: How how do you deal with Laker fans? Is it not the most infuriating thing in the world, or am I overstating it?
1: I mean, dude, you got to remember, think of what was going on in the Laker world in the late 90s, right? Like, I moved out here, and all of a sudden, they're ripping off three beats. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh... And, um... You know, I, I was working at Talk Soup at the time. Uh, if you, uh, if you ever, uh, if you're old enough to have watched Talk Soup back in the day, we had a very, very, very tight crew, and they were diehard Laker fans. And um, you know, man, uh, uh, I, I grew up rooting for the Knicks. I'm a tri-state area kid, and I, I, I it is not in me to switch up. I, it's just, I, I, I you know. Um, that's, a you know, forgive the expression, but in my eyes, man, the way I was raised, that's a bitch made move, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't do that, man. I'm, I'm ride or die. And, uh, and so, uh, I refuse to switch up and, and, you know, uh, uh, obviously that was, uh, the beginning of a very dark time for, uh, for the Knicks, you know, I mean, I, I, I was on my honeymoon uh, 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 shall I say a honeymoon? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took a mulligan. Um, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, but, uh, but I was on a honeymoon in '99, you know, getting up in Europe in the middle of the night to watch the finals, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, to me, uh, nothing is more badass then watching, uh, Patrick Ewing with a half torn Achilles limping up and down the court, absolutely outplaying and shutting down a younger, stronger, more athletic center in Alonzo morning, you know, until, until he got, until he got hurt. You know what I mean? In, in those playoffs. Like I, I just thought, you know, that to me is like New York lunch pail hard hat. You know, B plus talent, A plus intensity kind of basketball, you know? Um, and, uh, and I don't mean that to disparage Ewing's talent. I'm talking about that team and it's, it's sort of, uh, makeup as a whole. But oh, I, it was, but,
0: it was ragtag that, that team. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's like, I, but, but you know, I don't, um, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a long, dark, you know, when people like Game of Thrones fans say winter is coming, I'm like, bro, it's been here for two decades. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm i on the wall. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Trust me, dude. The White Walkers have overrun our position for a long time now, you know? So, yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough. Um But, you know, uh look, I mean, I, I have Nick fan friends that are still really you know a, a buddy of mine uh, uh you know Nick's dude on Twitter he said uh he I told him I was doing the podcast he goes oh yeah uh tell Jonathan I still haven't left my room for 5 days uh, <laughs> and, and look I get it right but as I said to him I go you know I'm I'm sorry man like I'm uh, I I am I'm loyal to the team more than I'm loyal to the player I hate to see him go but like you know if it's if it's us versus him bye bye you know and uh and 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 you're dead to me you know i'm sorry i hate to say it you know i mean i wish him well and he could go on and have you know multiple uh uh, uh all star seasons and that's great for him but um yeah i got no love lo- uh, loss for uh, for kp and 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 so you know now it just becomes about uh there's such an incredibly wide range of outcomes um, but I gotta say, man, like when you start really going true detective on some of the strands of this Kevin Durant, uh, uh, storyline, it is sort of compelling. I mean, who, who is the guy that's, you know, his business manager or whatever? Rich, rich Climbing, yeah. Yeah, that, that tweeted like, I'm gonna run New York, uh, Knicks one day and like, you know, just the fact that, you know, I mean, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I went back in the last five days and watched that video of the night KD and uh, and Draymond were beefing of of Durant mouthing the words "This is why I'm out." (laughs) Yeah, you know, and uh, and the fact that like you know he's not doing anything like even his tantrum last night at the press conference with uh, Strauss, uh, Ethan Strauss, like he's not. He's pushing back, but he's not doing anything to pour water on the rumors. No, he's not.
0: And, I, you know, it's it's so interesting because of all of the summers that this could have happened, and, and, I, and there's been summers in the past where superstars have become available, the Knicks have often not been in play. But to now be going all in, and this is, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, for two guys in Kyrie and Kevin, Kyrie... Maybe a literal insane person. We don't know. Yeah. And Kevin Durant, you want to talk about, I mean, what is the adjective to describe him? I mean, it, it's not mercurial. Like, that's a, that's a Boogie Cousins word. I, I would
1: say, you know, I would say, uh, um, uh, he's saluted. a different, yes, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's inscrutable. Like, you just got no idea what the, ask the people in Oklahoma how to read that guy, you know?
0: Yeah, which is why everybody who says, oh, the Knicks have to know something. I don't think they do. I really don't. I think they are are making a, you know, they they made the play that they think they needed to make. Puts them, the, you know, gives them the best chance. But,
1: yeah, man. I got to tell you, my nightmare scenario is no Durant and a uh, max contract for Kyrie.
0: <sighs> I don't know how I'd feel about it. So you're giving the max to Kyrie. What are you doing with the rest of the money?
1: You know. Uh, like, overpaying anybody that'll come, you know, I like, in terms of my nightmare, you know, and when I say nightmare, obviously, I can think of worse scenarios of not getting anybody, but, but like, you know, I just look at Kyrie as like, let's just start with a guy that was playing with the best player in the world and went, yeah, I'm out, man, I'd rather be the man, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, uh, forces a trade and then, you know, in short order is like, yeah, maybe I'm out of here. Um, you know, I, I, you know, and don't even get me started on the flat earth shit. Well, so, <laughs> uh, so you know, and then, you know, 30 years old, you know, history of bad knees, like there's a lot to worry about. I mean, dude, look at John Wall. Oh, you know, that's sad. 2023 is going to make like 48 million dollars i i get it i
0: get all of that but if you're telling me this is this is me as the nick fan talking myself into this if you're telling me i could get Kyrie, and then they sign a bunch of you know a couple of players two three players to like one year deals and then you know put put in position to make a trade or who knows what's going to happen with anthony davis now it's uh
1: i don't know you know, you, you know the news breaks today. Davis has the Lakers and the Knicks on even footing, right? Um, and and look, I mean they. We're flattered, they, by the way. Right, and they, you know he didn't get moved at the trade deadline. You know, every day that goes by that he doesn't end up on another team, you start going, well, you know. <laughs> but um, but they're going to do something with him this summer, and so now you go, well, so he's going to. I mean, I, look, I, who knows? Who knows, man? And uh, and it's. You know, there are there are so many um, mix and match uh, uh, opportunities with the free players um, that uh, I mean, look, uh, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard. I was about to say, do you want Kawhi if you get Kawhi? Sure. Absolutely. I want him, Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. He's every bit as inscrutable as Kevin Durant, if not more so. Um, It's all uh, these guys. All these guys are just, they're odd ducks. You know, it's like, like, you know, when you talk about like, you look at guys like Russell Westbrook for all the, for all the, you know, pros and cons of his game, you go, he's a real one. Like he's a real one. Like he, he, and and you know what? Given his uh, given his commitment to the team, it looks like so is Paul George. So, um, you know, there are some guys that still have that throwback kind of. But, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, the whole idea of the super team and the fact that, like, when I was, you know, falling in love with pro ball, uh, you know, guys like that didn't want to team up. With the next best player, they wanted to defeat the next best player. You know, would, would, would Magic Johnson, would Larry Bird, would Michael Jordan, would Carl Malone ever turn on, you know, their team to take a shortcut and, and just like be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for mines. You know what I mean? It's like those guys just didn't have that in them. You know, so it's a new era of basketball and a new era of star. And um, and I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in the tube. I mean, I, you I know, don't think you do. And of course, of course, the Knicks have the best shot at the first pick in the year that they change the draft rules to screw, you know, the, the team with the worst record. But to, the the, the discouragement
0: is so is the toughest for me on Twitter every day is I. I get so many interactions with people who are like, just, you know, keep tanking for Zion. Uh, And I'm, you know, I'm a teacher and I teach one math class. And I want to really sink into these people and be like, okay, so I don't know if we quite get the concept of 86%
1: versus 14%. It's, it, it, there's a big difference there, guys. It, it's it's like, you know, of all the rule changes that they have made to uh, uh, try to create parity uh, and discourage gaming of the system with which, things like tanking... Which, by the way, uh, it didn't work. Right, well, like, the, but the lottery odds are the only thing where they have the ability to take the human element out of it, right? It is literally just math. So... You know the 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 big surprise is the fact that the supermax contract ain't working because when you're talking about the difference between 150 million and 200 million or 240 million, nobody cares. It's still funny money. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, I can't.
0: So um, you you brought up the new new age of of players and um, how some of these guys are. Are odd ducks. Two guys come to mind that I want to ask you about really quick, and, and then I want to touch on the media, and, and then I'll let you go. Um, Inez Cantor um, has uh, played his last game yeah. as a New York Knick. What are you going to remember from the from the Cantor era
1: in orange and, and blue? I just have to tack on Inez Cantor, uh, played his last game as a Nick. He played his last defensive game uh, months ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's being polite. Yeah, yeah, maybe even seasons ago. It was real eye opening for me when I saw the stat that uh, statistically, in terms of real plus minus, Cantor, Cantor has been a negative impact on his team for all but one season yep. of his career, and that was the 2012-2013 season. Yeah, his second season in the league. Yep. So, um, look, I mean, you know, there are. I I applaud. Cantor for his political stances. I think the dude is a hero for the way he has stood up to Erdogan and Turkey. Same here. Uh, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. I think he's great with the fans. um But uh I was uh, mortified by his shameless selfishness and self-serving uh, in this. Uh, it's like, dude, you opted in. And you knew we were rebuilding. You knew this team was going to go for a high draft pick. Why is any of – like, why are you pretending to be surprised? Now, I get it. It's a contract year for you and you want your money. But, you know, dude, k- kissing the Knicks logo, get the fuck out <laughs> You know, you're not John Starks, bro. Uh, and, uh, and that just, you know, that that just, you know, I I think that, I I think to me, the most enduring, uh, uh, moment of that saga was like him being shamed by Hazonia saying, get the fuck up and go cheer when he was sitting by himself. I
0: loved that he did that, by the way. That Hazonia told him
1: to do that. who looks like, you know, a 90s boy band reject, you know what I mean? Like showing more heart than that guy. It just, it, it blew my mind. I mean, I you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, Cantor's gone. Uh, you know, we're hearing you know the teams that are interested in him or whatever. He's going, you know, he's going to go on. He's to me, he's like, you know, he's hollow calories. You know, he's points and boards that uh, that he gives up, and then some on the defensive end. You know, and and the pairing of him and Timmy was catastrophic. I think that's a good
0: word. Uh, for it, and but luckily we don't have to watch them together anymore. I'm, I, I'll say this: I'm actually excited to watch this team a little bit for the last thirty games or so because I think they'll, you know, play some defense, play hard, maybe move the ball a little bit. Um, yeah.
1: you know, you, it's like as somebody said on Twitter. I mean, it might have been even like in the, you know, Bill Simmons podcast. He was like, "You got to be careful because Dennis Smith Jr. is the kind of guy that could accidentally go out and win five games." Oh, on totally. His and screw your, you know, like this is to me the epitome of like the Knicks, you know, winning two of their last three games to screw their draft position, you know, the season kind of thing at the, uh, you know, uh, in the past, like, you know, let's, let's not, you know, go out and get your points, boys, but let's not lose, loose. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot again, you know? Um.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if you ask me what, like we've come so far. Like at this point, you might as well just take the tank and, and cross the finish line with it. Um, the other I guy, saw that,
1: you know, you were happy that Vonley was still on the on the I, roster at the end of today.
0: I, you know what, it, I I don't know what they got offered for him. My my hope is that if they got offered like a legitimate like a high second round pick, like something in the thirties, they would have taken it. But even if he's not on the team after this year, it's like you're don't part of the whole reason you gave you just traded KP is cuz he didn't want to be here. You got a guy in Vonlay who clearly wants to be here. I think there's some inherent value in that, you know. We'll see. Um and I like Vonlay and and God knows if he wasn't on the team. I know his his advanced numbers have been great um over the last month or so, but if he wasn't on the team, I think they would be uh unwatchable or they would have been unwatchable on many nights.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the you know, when when you drill down into the numbers, it's not pretty. However, He's got some pretty sexy upside. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's a he is a modern NBA player. You know, he has the potential and the tools to be able to, uh, you know, move around the court, move the ball, uh, shoot the three, defend, you know, multiple positions uh you know there there's uh there's a lot to like there and you had mentioned in it, you know it was i got to be honest I i thought oh yeah when when you were like you know they could theoretically sign him to a one year and yep. have his bird rights
0: yeah have early bird rights which which would yeah. probably be enough to to get him back um the other guy i want to get you uh your opinion on cuz i ask everybody about him is frank um where are you on frankie uh frankie french french prince whatever whatever nickname you want to give him
1: yeah frankie, smokes. frankie uh, smokes i um i you know i will say that my uh my faith in frank is being put to the test this season um and it's not even his um his continued offensive reticence um it it is what uh, seems to me to be a significant step back in his defensive prowess that he showed last year. You know, um, to me, he is, um, he is a, he's a plus defender. He, you know, he's a great defender. Uh, but, uh, but he's not showing like shutdown stopper skills that I think we all thought he could blossom into. And I, I do wonder you know, I think Fizz gambled with him emotionally by benching him this season. A little bit. By, by, by starting him for a while and then burying him in some, you know, uh, 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 DNP uh, coaches' decisions. Um, and uh, and I, I don't know if there isn't an element of Fultz in there. Like, is this a mental thing? Um, is he, you know, he's still young, you know, to me, the, the, the fear is that's a guy that you trade. And then three years from now we're like, Oh dear God, what did we do? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, the point has been made ad nauseum. You've made it, I made it, uh, for a team that has, uh, invested themselves In many a starberry at point over the years, you know, many of the the New York Knicks point guards that, you know, drive down the court with a trailer, see two seven footers under the rim. And instead of dishing off, think I'm going to dunk on two seven footers, you know, Uh, uh, you know, the idea of a guy that passes first and plays hard defense is exactly what this team needs. Um, however, has to be able to make a shot. Yeah. Mike brain said the other night, the shots got to start to fall. Yep. You know, I mean, he is a virtually historically low, uh, low efficiency offensive player at this point, you know? Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I I would like to think, uh, that, that, that Fizz can get in there given time. Uh, but I don't know why you don't immediately give uh, Frankie and uh, and Dennis Smith Jr. a lot of run right
0: now. Oh, I want to see them. I mean, if I had my way, I would have them be the
1: starting backcourt for the rest of the year and see how it it goes. Why not? not? I mean, because at this point, like, is the idea that you're going to hurt his trade value even in a reality? that That ship sailed. Right. Right. I mean, you've missed the, you missed the window to sell high on his value. So, um, you know, I just, I, I, I think you gotta give, you, you gotta give them uh, you gotta throw them in the deep end a little bit, you know? Um, I want to
0: ask you about something real quick before I let you go. And it's something that you wrote about actually, um, about uh, almost two years ago now. And yep. that is about the media. Yeah. And you know, it's. I, I know you are cognizant of this stuff, and and me and JB with you know with Nick's film school have kind of had our I don't know, say tips with with certain members of the media here and there over the year, and I I think about this stuff a lot, and I know it's something that you have thought about a lot, and I I'm I'm I almost want to ask you like do you think do you think it could get better, or do you think this is just the lot of the Knicks as long as they are owned by the person that owns them. And it's just going to continue to be this way. You know,
1: I think it's sort of an amalgam of things. I mean, you know, I I, uh, for people that may not know, two years ago about I I wrote an open letter to the New York Daily News. which Uh, I, I
0: reread and it was it's so good. By the way,
1: thank you, man. I mean, I you know uh, there was a lot of grammatical errors in it that uh, I was mortified by, but I, it was like literally a fever dream that I wrote uh, like you know in about a half an hour at midnight one night because it was just uh, you know um, it, in my eyes uh, uh, Isola and uh, and Bondi at the Daily News um, you know uh, that there is a Uh, It's almost a personal thing. Right. To me, uh, and I think to a lot of Knicks fans, um, you know, they point out a lot of legitimate flaws, um, but they also in a lot of ways, I think, um, you know, seem to sort of relish. Uh, uh pouring salt in the wound and then you know not just in the writing but like you know these guys go on Twitter and literally just mercilessly mock and denigrate people who love the team it goes, like,
0: it goes too far
1: yeah, and, and like, you know, it, it, there, there was an issue back then where a buddy of mine, um, you know, Bondi had, had made, you know, sort of, uh, you know, like, uh, homophobic jokes and, and, uh, and, and it was, it was harassment. You know what I mean? It was, it was trolling and it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like the kind of thing where I was like, is somebody at the Daily News aware of this? Because to me, it seemed like, uh, you know, like the kind of thing that you'd be called into HR for if you were doing from the company email, you know. Um, and uh, and I, I I went real hard at, at Isola. And, um, you know, I, it, it got shared a lot. It, it got sent around. I heard from A lot of sports writers, uh, not just in New York, but around the country. Really? Who privately DM'd me and, and were like, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, uh, and, uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and recognized it, that it's a personal thing, that there's, there, they've got a, a vested interest in it. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, um, so that that happened, I also heard from players, really, yeah, wow uh, and uh uh so uh that meant a lot to me, you know, uh you know, I got a nice uh I got a nice kind of uh uh, uh you know uh interaction with Ben stiller, you know guys that I respect you know sure uh so um. Eventually I did hear from Isola, like he and I had a very, very, and look, I picked the fight, you know, but, but we, we had a very, uh, we had a flame war on Twitter and then it went to DM and I got to tell you something, he was a different guy, you know, and, um and, 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 you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk outside of school, but like, you know, there's an element of this where these guys are feeding their family. And and um, and and maybe there's an element of like pro wrestling villain in their brand. Um, and and I think that is a flaw of the media and they are rewarded for it financially. You know what I mean? It sells papers and they make money and they have uh, they have their they you know where. Where commerce meets their personal opinions, I, I, I'm not able to say. Frank and I ended up, uh, burying the hatchet and, uh, he actually had me on his radio show and he was a gentleman, man. Like he told me, he goes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ambush you. And he was, you know, I, I, I debated, uh, with them and I, I felt like I held my own and, and, um, so that was satisfying. But, um, but you know, I, I uh, I don't, to me, there's not a lot of honor. in, And I think, you know, I think that you can be uh, I think that when you only tell one side of the story, that is not fair and balanced journalism. You know, and there are, you know, certainly that season and I, you know, there are upsides, there are there is potential and there is no reason that you can't um uh accurately portray the failings of the team the players and the management with uh with uh, without uh you know or, or or that you can't do that and also um you know give uh give a little shine to uh, things that are going well, or player development, things that we have I, done well, our drafting history that has gone, you know, well. Obviously, we're talking about Frankie Smokes, and people might question it, but we've drafted. Look, look, we got Mitchell Robinson.
0: No, you they, know, listen, they've, tri- they've, I I couldn't agree more, and and it, it's been my critic. It's my criticism is basically exactly the same as yours. A lot of it's it's not the it's not the news that's reported. It's the way it's reported, and it's the yeah. like, like you said, it's kind of almost a. Um it's a pettiness at times, it's a almost bordering bordering on vindictiveness.
1: Um yeah. you know, it's and, intentionally yeah. cruel at times. Yeah. You know. And uh and I you know, I I, I think maybe the, the 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 best uh way I was able to put it in that was I, I referred to the the constant this was you know, back during the mellow drama and this idea that, you know, Phil called you a ball hog. You know, we're we're going back in history or now, but like No, Phil did not call Mello a ball hog. He said that Mello had a habit of stopping the ball and he wanted him to work on that and move the ball. That is something that every coach and every market that Mello has ever played for has acknowledged. That was not new news. And that was a a wedge and a cudgel that was used to create a chasm between the player and the franchise in a way that ended up costing, you know, Mello his time in New York And possibly fill his job. Right. So, uh, you know, my point was, and the way I termed it was uh, that negative coverage and that look to always take a pessimistic glass half empty viewpoint is like a low level infection that just drags the team and the players and the fan base down. And to say that that doesn't have an impact on the overall health of the franchise. Uh, You'd have to be kidding yourself. Man-made pollution doesn't have an effect on the planet. You know what I mean? Like you're just pumping negativity and it. You know, it's not responsible for any one event, but it has a role in every negative event. You know what I mean? Well, That's my point.
0: yeah, no. And, and they're going <laughs> to I'm sure there will always be something, but um, they will have to kind of go over and above uh, and and just continue, you know, doing things the right way, um, so to speak, before I think they escape this. Um, yeah, and-
1: Look, I don't want a homer i you know I try to make that clear hey, no,
0: art. that's not what any of us want
1: you know, but like you know, look at the way Bream and Clyde acknowledge the shortcomings, but also recognize that people are there to root for the team, and you gotta be able to find some positive there's a balance
0: there's a balance yeah. there,
1: yeah
0: um listen john I, I have to tell this quick story because if I didn't, I would kill myself um <laughs> i so you were on Talk Soup from 95 to 99. Um that was I was finishing up um elementary school, starting high school. I remember cuz there was only I think it was 36 channels, so I didn't have you know, we didn't have a lot of options. I would come home after school and I would turn on E and like I would sit there and I would watch you talk about these like ridiculous shows. And I would get such enjoyment out of it. And I, like, could distinctly remember so many afternoons I would be, like, sitting on my bed watching you and just, like, laughing my my little balls off.
1: Uh, dude, I gotta tell you, just based on the age you described, that just smacks of latchkey kit. Somebody should have been watching over you. so it's not appropriate viewing, you know, given the age range. Uh, and I'm sorry for any negative impacts long term. Uh, but uh, you know, look, I'm I'm uh, I'm deeply flattered, man. I mean, I you know, and and I gotta say, uh, I, I I've mentioned this to you on a number of occasions privately uh, and our conversations, but, um, your writing and, uh, and, and Nick's film school, uh, the work that you guys are doing, the film analysis, the articles is filling a sorely needed, uh, void to me. And, and to me, you guys are really, uh, um, you're, you guys are, are filling that, you know, there's a lot of negative analysis of players' habits on some of those film studies, but then there's also you know uh, 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 signs of life and uh, and things to build on. And uh, as a uh, as a fan, I can honestly say that uh, I, I learn from watching that film analysis, and I learn from the writing, and I really enjoy it. Well, congratulations on all your success. I, I
0: trust me, I. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this, uh, that, and listen, um, if things go as they are supposed to go in July, I'm going to expect you to get on a flight out here, and I will meet you at your bar of choice in the city, and we are going to toast um, to, hopefully, uh, better times ahead.
1: Dude, we get Zion, KD, and uh, Kyrie, and, like, you know, I'll sell my house and charter a private flight, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm coming in uh like porky pig with a shirt naked from the waist down, you know <laughs> what I mean, and a cigar in my mouth. It, it's 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 uh it's on if that happens. But uh but you know what man, uh, uh, good, bad or ugly, and I think as a Knicks fan we know how that tends to go for us. Um uh, I don't give up, man. And, and, uh, and I, I, you know, I, uh, I think the longer we wait, the sweeter it will be when we have our tip of tape parade.
0: Well, it's going to be awfully sweet then because we've been <laughs> waiting for a while. Uh, well said Uh, John thank you again so much for coming on and um, of course everybody out there listening thank you for tuning in to another episode of the next film school podcast we'll be back with you uh, with another episode very soon and uh, hope all is well peace out brother